I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author Brittany Williams. Her new book is Instant Loss, Eat Real, Lose Weight, How I Lost 125 Pounds, which includes 100-plus recipes. Before she wrote the best-selling Instant Loss Cookbook, Brittany Williams weighed 260 pounds and was fed up with her unhealthy habits. With the help of an instant pot, she developed healthy, fast, and delicious meals using only real foods. In that first year, she would go on to lose 125 pounds. Now she returns with an intimate and personal collection of tips, anecdotes, and over 100-plus recipes that not only helped her lose the weight, but helped her followers as well. She shows readers how to reshape their perception of healthy eating for a long and lasting life, not just as a fad or for the desire to be skinny. She's been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, People, and Good Housekeeping magazines as well. Welcome to the show, Brittany. Thanks to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, that's a lot of weight to lose, uh, and you lost 125 pounds. So I'm, the, my first question is, how does one gain 125 pounds? Well, it started for me back in childhood. So my, my mom was a full-time working mom. My dad was disabled. I was the oldest of seven kids. My parents got married very young. And health and nutrition was never at the forefront. It was never mm-hmm. something we really focused on as a family. And it was whatever was quick, whatever was convenient. So our diets growing up consisted of a lot of fast food, a lot of processed food, things that us kids could pop in the microwave and heat up ourselves. And, you know, we, we fended for ourselves a lot. So I started packing on weight when I was in middle school. Um, and then by high school, I was clinically morbidly obese. Um, and then I carried that with me into my adulthood. But it wasn't for lack of trying to lose weight. I was a serial dieter for 15 years, I think, like a lot of people. And I, I kind of rode this ride of what fad diet is next. And I did slim fast and I did Weight Watchers with my mom when I was a teenager. And I did, um, I, I did all of these different programs and all of these different things and nothing ever led to lasting results. Maybe I could sustain it for a week or two. And then it was like, oh, this just does not fit into my lifestyle or I just cannot get a grip on this. Um, and, and so for a lot of years, it was just a lot of air <laughs> in trial and error. Trial and error, up and down fat and thin, so it was kind of just a constant, I, I guess, right, throughout until you got to this point where you realized that's not working. And I think one of the things that you do say is you, you don't really talk about dieting. That's not the word you use. Um, how, right. Right, okay, Let's because that's that has a certain connotation. Yeah, I, it's negative, right? right? And I, I encourage people to ditch the diet um, because it does, it, it kind of has this certain negative connotation, which all diet means is the way that you you eat. It's the way that you choose to eat. So it's not that the word diet is necessarily a bad thing, but it's kind of that our society has assigned it this negative meaning, um, which is, you know, all of these different little fad things that pop up that we all try and maybe experience a little bit of temporary success, but is it really sustainable long term? And so what I encourage people is to ditch the diet and just get real. Keep it really simple and eat real food because that's all you really have to do. You don't have to be keto or paleo or whole 30. You don't have to cut out all carbs and all sugar. 
to lose weight. All your body really wants is nutrients. When it's saying, I'm hungry, it's not simply just saying, feed me. It's saying, fuel me right. Give me vitamins. Give me nutrients. And if we just focus on giving it the food that's already here on the earth, that's not man-made, that doesn't have chemical labels because it was made in a chemical lab, um, if we focus on that, our bodies are naturally going to regulate to the weight that they're supposed to be at. So it's not so much how much you eat, although that you have to take that into consideration, but it's what you eat. You have to be concerned with what mm-hmm. you eat so you don't get into that diet restrictive, restrict, that's the word that keeps coming up in my mind. You can eat. You can eat what you want. Just make sure that what you eat is good for you. I mean, it's it seems so practical and, and easy, um, but somehow many of us just, aren't able to get into it, hence your book. You show us how to do that. And it's simple and it's easy. And also you give us the recipes, which makes it even easier. But um, that is such a good, I mean, I think I do eat the way you describe. So uh, I'm on board with your book because I think that's so true. You can eat pretty much what you want if you're eating healthy. And um, and I, I yeah, think that all of us innately know that. I think, I mean, we learned about the food pyramid when we were in school and we, and we learned all of these things. But I think for so many of us, it's like, no, it can't really be that simple. Because I don't know why, but the world today tends to like to overcomplicate things. Well, I have to do this and I have to go to the gym for this many hours and I have to, I have to eat only this much and I can't have potatoes ever and I can't eat french fries and I can't eat bread and I can't eat. And it's like, no. You can have all of those things. Yes, you do need to pay attention to moderation and portion size. Of course, you know, like we can't be gluttonous with anything we do. Yes, that's going to result in a, in a weight gain, you know, but you can really eat anything in modest portion sizes. And as long as it's whole real food and maybe pay attention to, you know, the, the inflammation aspect, you know, is this, going to bloat me? Is this going to make me retain water and, and kind of pay attention to those things a little? But for the most part, you can really eat anything like you were saying. And as long as you're paying attention to your portions, you don't have to count calories. You don't have to count macros. For me, finding this was really experiencing food freedom for the first time in my life. All right. You've experienced food freedom. What about the rest of your family? I think you're married with three kids. Mm-hmm. So my um, all of this kind of started because my daughter got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, rheumatoid arthritis, when she was four. And I started researching ways to help her in any way that I could. And I stumbled on a diet called the Autoimmune Protocol Diet, which is an anti-inflammatory diet that they recommend for people who have autoimmune disease. And it resonated with me because I had an autoimmune disease myself. I'd been on Synthroid for over 10 years uh, for hypothyroid disease. And I thought, hmm, maybe there's something to this. Who knows? But we might as well give it a try because I'm, I'm out of options. Besides putting her on chemo meds and biologics, I don't really have any other choices. So we decided to kind of overhaul and um, do the autoimmune protocol diet. And then we started adding food back in to see what our triggers were. And we found out that we had issues with gluten. We had issues with dairy, um, but there, we don't really have many restrictions beyond that. Maybe like a little less red meat. Um, and, and it, and it just went from there. And as a result, I started losing weight. My, um, my autoimmune disease went into remission. 
My daughter's autoimmune disease went into remission, uh, although I will say she is back on meds now, but she experienced a whole year of remission, and that was just through the foods that we were eating and putting into our body and then also environmental change. Um, but it, it was really fascinating to me to really find an experience for myself that the body has the power to heal itself if we give it the proper tools. But we have to listen, we have to pay attention and invest all of that energy that we're investing in finding, you know, finding the newest bad diet and following that to a T and, and spending hours and hours and hours in the gym and um, counting all the calories and putting all of our food into these tracking apps, all of that energy that we expend there every day, if we could just focus that inward and go, all right, I'm just going to pay attention to my body. What is it saying when I eat this food? Do I feel bloated afterwards? Maybe if I do, I don't eat it every single day, but I limit it to maybe a couple times a week because it doesn't make me feel the greatest. It's all of these intuitive principles that I think when you sit down and you read through the beginning of my book, you go, oh, yeah, duh, you know, <laughs> but like it's not something that you hear about or if you're talked about often. So your book validates what you're saying is these are some should be simple. We should be aware. We have to be aware of our bodies, as you say, make it if we don't feel well after we eat something, let's you know be in tune with that and, and don't eat that thing every single day. Um, what do you say, this is kind of changing the subject, but you're an expert, obviously, on on health. And um, people who say, well, I'm, you know, I'm 100. Let's, what were you? How many, you lost 125 pounds. So you're 125 pounds overweight. I don't have to lose 125 pounds. That, don't tell me that. You're fat shaming me. Can we talk about right. that? Because, yeah. Sure. And I, there's this huge body positivity movement that's growing and gaining momentum in our culture. And I love that. I think it's so great because I don't see, I don't see that love, there's anything wrong with, with loving yourself exactly as you are right now at this moment and going, Hey, if I never lose a pound, whatever, I'm going to do this because this is the best thing to do for my body because it makes my body feel the best because it gives me the best energy because it's the healthiest thing to do. I don't think that there's anything wrong with making making choices with that goal in mind. I think when it when it stems from a place of self-hatred, it's a lot harder to continue. If it extends from a place of self-love, that's where you're going to really see lasting success. Because what I realized on my journey was that it never was a weight problem for me. Like I always was like, well, I, I would be happy if I just took off a hundred pounds. Like my life is pretty good. I have an awesome husband. We've got some pretty great kids. If I could just lose a hundred pounds, then I'd be happy. And what I realized on this journey is that it never had anything to do with the weight at all. It was a self-love problem. It was a self-respect problem. It was a self-discipline problem. And when I began to work on those things, the root issues, I began to see the weight fall off as a, as a side effect. But that was never my goal. My goal was never to, I want to lose 125 pounds because I hate the way that I look. It, it, it had been in the past, and I'd always experienced failure when that was my my when what that was my like end game, you know, but this time I took a completely different approach because I was so fed up with trying to lose weight. I was just like, 
you know what? I'm not going to try to lose weight. I'm going to do this because it makes me feel good. It's the best thing for my body. If it results in a little bit of weight loss, fine. If it doesn't, fine. And I think that with this awesome growing body positive movement, if you want to be obese and that's your healthiest self or that's your healthiest, happiest self because that's what makes you happiest mentally, then more power to you, sister or brother. You know, like I am, I am totally on board with that, you know, but if it's not, and if what makes you happiest is just kind of altering your, your diet a little bit to make you mentally happier, to make you physically able to do more things, then do that thing. But I'm somebody that supports anybody in doing anything that they want to do because at the end of the day, it's, it's your choice. Yeah, I would, I guess I agree in part with that because I'm thinking about, cause you're talking about health and health is related to if you mm-hmm. are very much overweight, let's say a hundred pounds overweight or even 50 pounds overweight, the tendency will be to get high blood pressure and pre-diabetes or diabetes and all of the things that are even cancer, I guess, are associated with being overweight. That has to do with health. It doesn't have to do with, right. I have to lose a hundred pounds because I want to be skinny for my, somebody's wedding six months from now and that'll make me happy right so and it won't but so we're discarding that as a reason but i guess the health issue i i i'm sort of tying into that maybe maybe linking that to yeah go ahead i think it extends so much further past that though because losing weight for me was so mental. And I, I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of family members who have been obese their whole lives. I have a lot of friends that have been obese their whole lives and they've kind of gone through this thing where it's like, I've tried to get healthy. I've tried to do all of these things. And no matter what, I just get heavier. I just get bigger because I can't ever sustain those things. And so, I mean, I, that was my main goal in writing this book was to show people that, you know what, this, this lifestyle is sustainable. You can begin implementing healthy habits and you can sustain them for long periods of time. And look, I did it myself. So like I'm, I'm living proof here, but then for me, I think going a little bit backwards to what you were initially asking is that, like I said, it's so mental. And so if somebody just can't wrap their heads around it and if they just decide, you know what, this is how I am. This is how I'm going to be. If I get diabetes, if I get this, you know, then that, that's what happens. But I just have to live my life at this point, and, and this is how I'm choosing to live. Then you know what? I support you in that, too, because it, it, losing, trying to lose weight, I feel like, can be just as detrimental to your mental well-being as, as, as any kind of diet, as trying to sustain any kind of healthy lifestyle because it's hard because it requires like a a lot of mental willpower because it requires like all of these things. And not everybody has the support at home. Not everybody has that foundation. Like here I am saying, Oh, it's simple. Just do these things. But some of these things, like I never understood that eating different foods was going to affect my, my physical or mental well-being until I married my husband and my, and we went shopping for the first time and, he said, oh, no, we don't eat the cheapest loaf of white bread in the store. We get this bread instead because it hasn't been bleached and it hasn't been processed and it's not completely stuck full of sugar. And and my mind was open for the first time. And I was like, oh, wait, are you saying that some 
bread is better to eat for your body than others. I thought it was all just bread. I mean, there are people out there in the world that just don't have that foundation. And so, you know, going, I, I think that sending these messages in our culture that, oh, you need to get healthy because you might have get diabetes and you might get this without ever giving people the tools to then get there themselves. I think that that's, that's the disconnect, you know? I, I'm assuming, and obviously that's why you wrote the book, because <clears throat> this book is a tool for getting there and to be healthy and remain healthy. I think the, the, the word you just mentioned was support. You had you have your husband's support, and not everybody has that kind of support. As a matter of fact, some people have people who it's the opposite of support. They they have people who enable them to not eat healthy and to not necessarily do the right thing, and that's very difficult to overcome, um, to, to step away from. And, and food to, addiction is a very real thing. I can't tell you how many how many wives or or even husbands I have that that come to me and send me messages and go. How do you get your spouse on board? Because I told them I want to do this thing. I don't feel good. My desire is I want to clean out our pantry and do this because I just want to feel better and I feel like I can really do that through food. But they keep bringing all the bad stuff into the house. What can I do? You know, and and for me, my best advice to people is you have to sit down and have a real face-to-face conversation, not one of those offhanded things like, oh, I'm trying this again. They They have to know that you're really serious. You need to set aside time and you need to tell them like, this is what we're going to do. And if you want to continue to eat that way, that's totally fine. You're an adult. You can choose to do whatever you want to for yourself, but please don't bring it into the house because it's going to be a stumbling block for me. And please love me enough and respect me enough to respect my wishes. So if you need to keep it in your car, if you need to keep it in your work, your work desk, if you just need to eat it when you're on location and traveling away from the house, whatever, but please don't bring it here because I'm telling you, or we can have a designated space in the house where you keep it, where it's not going to be around me and it's not going to be an issue for me and the kids or whoever else is choosing to embark on this health journey, you know? Um, but making sure that everybody is on the same page to begin with, because there are so many people who are food pushers. I mean, we just all went through the holidays. There's aunts and grandmas and uncles (laughs) who are like, you're getting too skinny. Here, eat more, eat more. And it's okay to say to those people, no, thank you. I'm full. And I'm listening to my hunger cues right now. And they're telling me I'm full and I want to respect my body. You know, I used to say to my mother-in-law, she was a food pusher. I am, I, if I want more food, I will take it. I don't feel uncomfortable about asking for food, but don't, I had to come out and say it. I had to really be quite blunt about it. Please don't push food on me. And I think that's one of the other things that you're, you're talking about is the fact that you have to have a conversation. You really have to kind of seek the truth when it comes to this. Like if you have a partner, as you say, who's buying all this junk and you really want to eat healthy, you have to come out and have the discussion, and it has to be honest and truthful. And I think, as you say, once you say it, it makes it real, and then you can begin to to do to do it. I guess is and and that's really mm-hmm. important, right? I think there's a, a some fear tied into it too, especially those who have been trying to lose weight for a really long time and maybe have having had those conversations before where it's like, Oh, I'm going to do this thing or I'm going to try this thing. And this is going to be the answer. And, and maybe you tried and you failed before. And so coming to that person again and saying, now I'm trying this, 
it can be an intimidating sort of thing because you feel like, well, they already think that I'm a joke. I've tried and failed so many times. But what I found is when, because I, my husband has been through the gamut with me. He's tried keto and whole 30 for like three days. Cause I could only <laughs> ever do a whole 30 for like three days. Um, and he's been on all the ups and downs of this roller coaster ride with me. But at each and every time I, I just had to be honest and I had to sit down and have that conversation and say, and you know what? He never made fun of me. That was a fear that was in my own head. And so I think that if you just get real and you share your heart and you share your desires, these people who, who love you, who want to support you are usually willing to adjust themselves a bit in order to encourage you. And you have three children, as I mentioned before, so you're setting a good example for your kids, I'm making the assumption, because this is what they see, this is how you manage, how you handle food, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, because I was an overweight child, um, I struggled with, when I got into teenagerhood and adulthood, with a lot of anger toward my parents, because I was like, if they just didn't do these things, then I wouldn't be the way that I am. And as an adult, I've worked through so much of that. I've had conversations with my parents and we've worked a lot of that out. So I definitely don't harbor any ill will toward them now because honestly, they had seven kids. They got married when they were 17 and 21 years old. I mean, they really did the best they could with the cards that they were dealt. And as a mom now, I understand that like never, ever before. But for my own children, I knew how important it was right off the bat. Like, I want to begin instilling these healthy habits in them from a young age so that they don't ever have to go through and experience the things that I had to experience as a middle schooler, as a high schooler, as a young 20 trying to date. And, and, um, and so it's been, I feel like it's been a lot easier because my kids were young when I began instilling these healthy habits in them. I received a bunch of pushback at the beginning, but after a couple of weeks, they figured out that mom meant business and that they had to eat what I put in front of them or they were going to go hungry. And one thing I found is kids aren't going to let themselves starve. You know, if they decide not to eat what you made for dinner, they're just going to eat a bigger breakfast in the morning and it all evens out in the end. Um, But I think that for parents who are dealing with like middle schoolers or teenagers and these children that already have a mind of their own and have been eating this way for a really, really long time, that's where the struggle really comes in 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 trying to shift it. And I think that's when you have to get them involved and explain this is why we're doing what we're doing and and get them interested in, in reading label ingredients. I mean, that's such a great tool to give your children, teaching them what ingredients on labels mean. Because for me, blindly, I just always thought, well, they wouldn't put it on the shelf if it wasn't good for you. (laughs) Thinking that these food manufacturers had our best interests at heart, but they really don't. They have the bottom line at heart, you know, how much they can sell and how much they can profit off of you. And putting these things in the food flavor enhancers that are going to make you are going to activate little pleasure centers of your brain that are going to keep you coming back for more and kind of enslave you and addict you in those ways. And, and figuring that out and going, okay, so let's figure out what these ingredients mean. Let's figure out how they translate in the body. And then let's sit down and talk about 
maybe is it the best decision to eat this? Or if we can make the brownies instead of, you know, buying these prepackaged ones at the grocery stores, if we can make them at home in a healthier way. Should we and I have to do that instead and we can make a big batch and freeze it for later? You know, <laughs> absolutely. I, you know, t- I think the bottom line in, in terms of what you're saying is, and we have, we have a minute left is you have to take responsibility for yourself. No one cares more about you or your family than you. So you do, and there are ways to do it. As you say, reading labels, reading your book, instant loss, eat real, lose weight. How I Lost 125 Pounds, and the author is Brittany Williams. You can buy the book online, I assume, Amazon. Um, give us a website yeah. we can go to in 30 seconds. <laughs> my my website is instantloss.com, and I also have an Instagram handle. It's instantloss, where I share daily motivation and encouragement. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show, Brittany. Lots of good information. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Yeah. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 